You're listening to the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Matt and Wit. Hey everyone, it's another week of the Delay of Game podcast. It's your host, Matt. And it's me, Wit. I'm bringing the energy that the commanders didn't show me on Sunday. I don't care how they perform. I'm going to bring it every week. I'm tired of this bullshit, as Jonathan Allen said. I was going to say, you and Jonathan Allen, you guys are mirroring the same energy. And personally, I'm here for it, Matt. We have the exact same level of professionalism. Exactly. Like, people can't see you, but right now you have a do-rag on. You also have a shirt with your, your chest hair showing out and a, and a thick donkey rope chain on. Like, Matt and Jonathan Allen are the exact same person We're right now. We're the same guy. The only reason we haven't started the YouTube yet is because I've been ba- considered too sexy for YouTube. Exactly. So I've had to tone it down, but I refuse. We tried to do that, but then it kept kicking us back to OnlyFans. It's a super weird, like, technical glitch we're going through right now, but Matt's sexy is keeping us at bay right now. That's largely what's keeping us down. But (laughs) I have to live my life. And a part of that is getting into these fucking games. Matt's like, I'm a wild man. I can't drive no 55. What are we doing? (laughs) You can't hold me down. You can't slow me down. I love it. Oh, man. So we're going to get into your bullshit later. <laughs> I know. I saw the, the show notes. I was like, I'm prepared. I'm ready for this. <laughs> so I think I want to kind of jump off with the hottest team in the NFC right now. And that uh, would be the Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Ravens. What the hell happened? They fucking let me down, man. I go stand on the table for them. They probably played that in the locker room. And they come out flat. <laughs> okay. Baltimore destroyed them. God damn. It wasn't even a game. Like, by the by the end of the half, you're like, oh, shit. This is bad. Like, I want to say they were up 28 uh, going into this, uh, going into the third. Yeah. 28 into, like, the halftime. They barely, I don't know if they had gotten a first down. Like, Detroit had. They hadn't scored anything. They had done nothing. I was watching the Commanders game, so I was focused on that. But mm-hmm. that game is what kept me from getting to the edge. It's like there's at least the Detroit fans are having it worse than me right now, so I guess I'm okay. Are they though? Cuz they're 5 and 1. Or no, I guess they're 5 and 2 now. 5 and 2 and feeling like a fraud. But they're not. They're not. <laughs> no. I I'm with you. They're not frauds. I think every team is due for one of these. I mean, the Cowboys had it early in the season against the Cardinals. Every team is due for one, and I think we all kind of got lulled to sleep with the play of the the uh, the Baltimore Ravens as of late, we still forget that that's Lamar Jackson. He has the ability to have these type of games. He is a phenomenal playmaker, and we saw a lot of that. It's also, again, it's their first year in this new offense. There's going to be times where it clicks really well, and this is one of the times where everything just fell right into place for them. It's true. Well, I think I was more so surprised by the lack of offense when it comes to the, the Lions. Like, their defense has always kind of been a question, right, in these games that they've been winning, but their offense has always been the constant. I I was shocked by the fact that they never even got off the plane on Sunday. Yeah, usually they've been in high-scoring games, at least, and they're in them. If they lose, it's like, oh, well, they lost by a field goal. Or, you know, they lost it, but it's competitive. And their offense was just shut down. Ben Johnson, everyone's throwing his name around for head yeah. coach. And this was not a good show. Again, one week, you hope it's just that one week. Exactly. Like, I'm willing to burn this tape. 
and move on to the next uh, on to the next week. I just I would be I guess a little bit more worried if it shows up again, right? Like if this starts becoming a trend where you're getting into that second half of the season, now we're starting to see who these teams really are. Spoiler alert for our next game. I won't say who that is yet, but you probably know. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, one game can be an anomaly, one game can be they just everything we thought they were going to do they did differently, nothing worked, nothing clicked. It's when right. it becomes consistent inconsistency i guess but you start seeing it over and over again we haven't seen that i think this detroit team is built to bounce back from these sort of things with their mentality yeah so i'm i'm not ready to say what the fuck just yet but jameson williams what the hell like every week he drops a huge play every week never fails like we were talking about this guy as a top wide receiver in his draft class had it not been for the injury. Oh, yeah. If and he, he ended up still 10. going, like, in the top 15, yeah. I think. He would have been number one, though. And then he has not shown it. But I guess it's how difficult it is to come back from injury. It takes so much from you in so many different ways that maybe he's True. thinking about too many other things. So maybe it, again, next I'm, year we'll see. You know, we used to say receivers are going to take two to three years. Now mm-hmm. we're expecting their first season to go off. Maybe he's going to be a two to three year guy. Okay. And if that's the case, like I said, I'm not prepared to say what the fuck just yet, but like my guy, you can't have these crucial drops repeatedly. Like that's going to be an issue going down the line. He's not the guy that everybody was like expecting because everyone expected him to come in once he got healthy to be a top receiver and just, you know, be a number, a one B to Amon Ra St. Brown's one A. That isn't happening. You're going to have to give him patience and who knows? A lot of times we've seen it where, you know, it's either they get it or they don't. Uh, There's not a lot of patience nowadays for development. True. Now, let's give some kudos where kudos is due. Baltimore came in. We were talking about them going to lose, and they just completely took ownership of that game. Never once made it. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Like, we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens. Like, you and I were talking about them, I guess, not really remembering or realizing that this team is number one in their division for a reason. Like their division isn't the best right now, right? They're five and two. They have every opportunity to roll into their division, get a home playoff win or get a home playoff game. So this is one of those games where you're like, maybe this was what they needed. This is the corner. This feels like that over the hump statement win that you're exactly to, like get together. Like we keep seeing other teams where they have that moment to beat a really good team in a kind of stomp on them competitive fashion. And they don't do it this mm-hmm. one. And we didn't see a second half fumble meltdown. Like they, that was meltdown, the, yeah. that was the issue. They like you didn't see the meltdown. No play great throughout the entire game. Obviously you're not going to do as much in the second half when you're up 28 zero, but yeah. still it's not like Detroit ever got close coming back or feeling like they were in that game exactly the fact that you could be up 28 to 0 realize like okay all we have to do is keep keep not being as aggressive but no don't lose to or don't play to lose they were still able to score points in the second half i think they ended up getting like seven in the third six in the fourth like they were still putting together point scoring drives like i don't want to take anything away from them like i think this was a great team win 
more power to them. Let's see if that momentum can carry them forward for the rest of the season as they start getting into the meat of their play, uh, into the meat of their schedule. Yeah. So, so yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, we teed it up. <laughs> Buffalo, New England, the upset of the week. I, oh, Matt, Matt, what do we, what, what do we, what do we do now? What do we do with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills? I said last week, Buffalo has to be the most inconsistent team ever. And that showed up yet again. Exactly. Like the fact that they had to scratch and claw their way into that game and still lose at the end by Mac Jones putting on a clinic. (laughs) What? That hasn't happened to any other team this year. At what part are we super concerned about this defense that we had high expectations for. Oh, they play well against Miami. I don't understand how they can do that. And then they let Mac Jones look to be like a top 10 pick like he was or, you know, top 20 pick. Like I don't get well, it. Here, here's the thing. The caveat for these games is always divisional games are different. Division right. opponents are different. They play you differently than they would do anybody else. So that game against the Dolphins... Like, that was a great win for the Buffalo Bills, just like this is a great win for the New England Patriots. If anything, though, I think this might hurt them in the end because now they don't, they're hurting their draft stock. Like, yeah. ugh. This season is really already you're looking ahead as a Patriots. Oh, you have to be. Have to it's be. It's insane if you're not. I know no team gives up this early, but I think as a fan base, you do. Oh, yo, I I did see one New England Patriots fan who is still like, oh, this is definitely still a Super Bowl team. This is this is a Super Bowl team. We just have to get the ship right. Don't forget Belichick has been to nine of these things and he's won eight of them or seven of them or whatever it is. With one guy. Thank you. I'm just like, huh. I wish I could be that like that optimistic. I mean, Belichick is a great coach. Like you can't take away stuff, but he is a different coach. When he has Tom Brady versus when he does not. Like the winning percentages yes. are super different. Well, and I I don't want to say that Mac Jones is bad. I don't think he's bad. I think he's been hampered by an offense as of late, especially last year when they had uh Matt Patricia or whatever. Like he doesn't have guys around him and that scheme isn't built to to utilize his ability to get it to guys to make plays. They don't have those guys to make plays. Like when you talked about him at Alabama, he had an incredible elite team around him and he just distributed the ball. And that's what got him drafted. That's what got him the rookie of the, Oh, what? Yeah. Quarter. No, no. Offensive offensive rookie rookie of the year. year. Yeah. So what's his ability to distribute the ball within a scheme that was getting people open with even limited weapons. He wasn't lighting people up. But he it's was true. distributing to the open guy. He knew where to look. He knew like where they were going to be in that system. So I, I'm not not ready to say that Mac Jones is the problem here. I think that my, I think Bill Belichick's voice has gotten stale in that organization. Well, Belichick can't find an OC now that Josh McDaniels left. Oh, uh, he'll be available next season if he wants to. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, he made Mac Jones look okay, right? Like we yeah. don't we weren't as hyped as everyone else. We saw some yeah. limitations there as a passer, but he knew how to run that offense very well. That's true. And then, That's very true. Yeah, I don't know why you then decide Matt Patricia is your guy. And then <laughs> also surround him with just as few as weapons 
as possible, except at the tight end room. That Matt Patricia hire was like the, hey, I've never done this job before, but I have a friend who I could recommend. Like, like it felt like that. But you, I'm, I think we're talking about the wrong team here. Like, this was a good win. But the Buffalo Bills, we need to start really having a conversation about Josh Allen and his inconsistency. Like, the way he is turning the ball over so carelessly is a problem. And that's the... That's the flip side of his abilities, right? Well, you've harped on this for, what, three years now? You have seen it and hated it, his turnover ability, I guess. Uh, In fact, he turns it over so often. Like, you've hated that for a while. Usually, they found ways to win regardless. And so everyone's been forgiving him. Yep. But they're four and three in an incredibly competitive AFC East. Oh, not just AFC East. AFC AFC Conference. general. Yeah. Yeah. You like, have to start that's getting not concerned. great. Yeah, definitely. Especially maybe before, like two years ago, the AFC East, not nearly as strong. Mm-hmm. You can easily build a bunch, stack a bunch of wins that way. Exactly. Not this year. Not at all. Well, and especially when you're talking about, there's a chance that they're going to be the number six seed or the wild card seed. They're seven right now. Oh, shit. And then you're going to have to possibly go to Miami, who... We'll have a playoff. We'll have a home uh, home field advantage, right? Like you're talking about going on the road for the playoffs, most likely if you're that far down, right? They they aren't a team I think is going to be able to travel long term like that. Like I I feel like other stadiums are just going to get into Josh Allen's head, and he's starting to start. He's going to like revert back to playing hero ball. Well, it's tough traveling week, 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 every week. If you're in the seventh seed, you do not get a home game no matter what happens. Yeah. Like you're the lowest seed. You will always be traveling to people. (sighs) That's tough. That's tough to do week in, week out in the playoffs. Now, Buffalo Bills fans travel well, but still, that's going to be tough. Give it to Bills Mafia. Like they travel, but they aren't going to get to Arrowhead and have a whiteout. Like, that's just not going to happen. The Chiefs fans will pack that place and not let there be many tickets to be sold (laughs) to anyone else. Dolphins fans, I'm sure, would do the same. Like, Miami's going to go nuts if their team is in the playoffs and doing well. Well, they got to the playoffs last year. So, I think this year they're they're a team that's ready to build. And I I know that they had a hiccup this week. But the Dolphins, they look like they are primed to be one of the top. I would put them as, like, the top three teams in the AFC. So the bills have their work cut out for them Didn't at this rate. Call? No. Yeah. You said that they were the top team just like I think two weeks the, ago. I think they're I the top the team in the NFL. You just said they're top three AFC team. I know. Is the AFC different I know. Than the NFL? This is no, we're going to take a second. We're a sidebar. This like, is that different? <laughs> okay. Allow, <laughs> allow me to elaborate then. Okay. The time I made that statement. Okay. They were riding high. Okay, they didn't just fall to a suspect Eagles team to me, right? So at that time, I thought they were the best team. I still think they're a really good team, but the play that I saw on what was it Sunday night gives me a little bit of pause, and I have to walk back that statement. Okay, I'm more than willing to say I was wrong, but okay. I still think they're a good team. I'm gonna but, say this guy was sitting pretty good with his Chiefs pick. <laughs> they have looked very well the last couple of weeks. We haven't talked about them because they've just been kicking ass. It's true. Like, 
for every Taylor Swift meme <laughs> video, every like they are just going out and just going crazy. So that bitch needs to be at every single game. Like, give her her own reserve seat, her own box, whatever it is you need to do. So more power to her, more power to them. This isn't about the Chiefs, so fuck them. No, about Buffalo, who I don't know if they're gonna get the opportunity to try to like be the Chiefs' rival in the playoffs. Chiefs are going to get a bye. Who knows if, if Buffalo survives, if they're the seventh seed and they survive week one, then they would be playing the Chiefs, though. So we will see. It's got a long way to go. Buffalo fans, though, I've been writing you guys for a while. I'm starting to get pretty worried about that. I'm, I'm pulling back <laughs> myself. <laughs> All right. So um, we we talked about shaky quarterback play or, you know, su- suspect quarterback play. Let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers and the Vikings game. The like, other big upset. Oh, my God. Right? Like, who saw that coming? Mind you, I think that uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, they got lucky, especially with that deep touchdown to Addison just before the half. Like, he got that was a pick, and Addison just outmuscled his guy. Like, that was a great play. But what? I mean, Addison showed up big oh my god oh yeah yeah way to step up without everyone thought justin jefferson goes down it's tanking season for the vikings trade people away just don't worry about it somebody i'm assuming what happened i'm just gonna throw out this theory everyone in the vikings organization changed the clocks everybody (laughs) everyone in uh where were they playing at minnesota the entire town (laughs) changed their clocks and said hey it's one o'clock. It just got dark early because we're up north. Yes. Yes. The sun's been blocked out by global warming, but it is one o'clock. One, Kirk. Kirk. We're inside okay. the dome. It's one. Don't worry about it. Exactly. And then they just blared Creed. <laughs> he was like, this is my jam. I'm feeling it today. <laughs> he, he just got locked in. He got in the zone. Like, I will give it to them. That Vikings defense played out of their mind. The like, defense played I, great. Yeah. The O-line, which has usually been oh, yes. one of their big Achilles heels, right? Gave up yes. zero sacks against the freaking 49ers vaunted D-line. Wow. That is a huge stat. Now, I would be curious to see how many quarterback pressures they had because it felt like someone was sitting in his lap every other play. Well, but was the Kirk vibe going, right? Like, you could, if you watch him, he was like, Doing his best. Yeah, he Lamar had the wiggle, Jackson, dude. Or just, yeah, he was wiggling through the line. Like, he felt it. The, he felt the presence of God around him. <laughs> telling him, okay, go left, go right. He had like a guardian angel telling him what to do. Because he was not running for his life, but he was just wiggling just enough where they'd be like rushing around him. Like, they were just parting the seas like Moses. It's true. Dude, watching watching that game, I was just like, there's there's no way that the Vikings are going to pull this off. Like that, that just, that's not going to happen. And then when I saw them miss that, uh, what was it? 50 yarder. I was like, Oh, there it is. That that's going to be the thing that loses it for them. Got it. Okay. Well, nope. the end, I don't remember if they were just trying to ice the game or if they had to go score, but it looked like Kirk was going to get sacked. He had like three guys around him. They're like yeah. grabbing onto him. Somehow he pops out and then makes a big play. You're like, yeah, how, what the, <laughs> Oh my God. That was my thought exactly. Yeah. Like I saw everything converge on him, and yeah, then I, I see did. the ball flying out. I'm like, "How the fuck? What?" So, 
I mean, that's good. Like everyone on the Vikings was locked in that sort of, you know, it felt like they were everything going right your way. Yeah. That, you know, sometimes that happens though. It's weird how that happens in football. I guess it happens in any sport, right? Where everything's just clicking. It's true. It's true. And then on the other side of it though, Brock Purdy, another game, another INT or series of INTs. Multiple like, turnovers. Ooh, Matt. What this is another You mentioned one. it before. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say another one where we could see one team turn over the ball a bunch. The other team didn't t- turn over at all. Turnovers are huge. Well, it's one I, I was just gonna say. I was gonna say, like you mentioned earlier, you know, losing one game that that's a fluke. Two games might be an issue. This is their second game, and they're about to head into a pretty good Bengals team with the way Joe Burrow has been playing lately. Well, was it just a few weeks ago they destroyed Dallas, decimated them, embarrassed them? It was a few weeks ago. They were riding high. Their team gets banged up. We see Christian McCaffrey look more human than superhuman. True. And then this team, suddenly the offense is not nearly as dynamic. I mean, I think Debo Samuel being hurt may also be a contributing factor, but I remember watching the Cowboys game. And Debo Samuels, yeah, he touched the ball, but he wasn't a factor. It was Brandon Ayuk. And as far as I knew, Brandon Ayuk was still playing last night or Monday night. So I don't know what was going on there. I felt, to me, I guess, because Debo is such a potential weapon. I'm sure as a defensive coordinator, you feel like you can't, you have to know where he is. Shanahan's offense is 100% willing just to take whoever guy you didn't cover that well. Right. They yeah. will distribute it to whoever they need to to get it, you know. So maybe just with the fewer weapons, it's easier to, okay, we're going to cover McCaffrey. McCaffrey's injured. We don't have to worry so much about him. We're going to cover Kittle, which they're getting a little bit more involved. They haven't been using a ton, really. But yeah. he's got more involved. And then Ayuk, I mean, those, like Kittle's slowing down some. He doesn't scare you anymore, I don't think. And Ayuk doesn't scare you. Oh, he's a great route runner. He's a good like, player. He's a solid route runner. The same guy. Like, Debo Samuels, you're worried about every touch. Christian McCaffrey, yeah. you're worried about every touch. Yeah, no, that you're not wrong there. I will give you that. You're not wrong there. Healthy McCaffrey, and we see that guy likes to. Get, he's had a great run without being injured. Mm. It's due. It's due. You're right. Shit, it's like the first and the fifteenth, man. Like a payday. <laughs> it, it's gonna happen. It's so, gonna happen. Are they gonna write it out? Like, is he gonna get back in time for the playoff run and be like a hundred percent Christian McCaffrey? I think that's what, as a 49ers fan, you need to be worried about. Exactly. Like There are three things in life that are certain. Death, taxes, Christian McCaffrey injury. Like oh. Those are the three things. You know it's going to happen. You just, like you said, you hope it happens early enough to where he's healthy in the postseason. Because I think he I had know. 16 games in a row. Like He had a full season with them over the two seasons where he was like, yes. healthy. Yeah. So that means it's overdue, though, right? It's also probably building with interest. My guy is on borrow time at this point. Yeah, So like, we're seeing some of that. You can't get 30 touches a game and not get hurt if you're that guy, right? Like eventually yeah. it's going to happen. Eventually it, it has to happen. Now, my question to you is Brock Purdy. Like I've been saying for a long time, he does not scare me. And if anything, what's been seen these last two games is everything needs to be right for him to look good. And not, sorry, not good for him to look, look great, great, to look elite. When that's not the case, you knock a receiver off his route, knock him off his spot. He just looks like a guy back there. Well, so I don't, I don't know. I 
feel like what I've been saying is accurate, right? Or what we've been saying. I've always been saying it's the system and just the overwhelming playmakers. He's been good at running it when there's guys getting open. Finding yeah. an open guy. When the pocket gets, when those gaps get smaller, he doesn't have that arm talent to throw people wide open or to exactly. fit it in those small spots. So I think that's why we're seeing some of those struggles. Again, with less talent on there, it's easier for them to cover the people who are there. They're not as worried. They're not playing as deep all the time. You know, they're able to shade it to those guys who are, you know, the couple people who are there worrying them, not just everybody. Exactly. So it makes those holes a lot smaller and it makes it a lot tougher. Well, it shit ain't going to get any easier for many time soon. So me personally being in the NFC, I would love for this streak for them to keep going. Like I'd love to see another loss to the Bengals, but because I want it, it won't happen. And then after they come out of their bye, hopefully the Cowboys will be on a little streak out of our own. So we'll see. Anyway, I wouldn't still, I mean, I guess if I am qualifying this way too much, 49ers fans, as Christian McCaffrey goes, so is your team. So hope that he gets healthy, stays healthy, releases healthy for that playoff run. Otherwise, I yeah. think you got to be concerned. They're a good team, though, but that offense really is just ridiculous with McCaffrey in there. Like, leading he is the ab- way. He's absolutely an X factor for that team. Yeah. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Best of luck to them, but not really. I don't want to wish <laughs> ill on anybody, but not really. <laughs> All right, Matt. So what are some of the things that you want to take away from you know this past week that you wanted to bring up? We didn't talk about the game, but I fucking hate Philly. Like, <laughs> we were like, oh, they're going to lose. I mean, we briefly mentioned it. They just keep trying to prove us wrong, right? Yeah. They came out, played Miami, played them really well. I think they're going to, I think I'm ready to say they're going to win more games than I was hopeful that they were going to. They're going to probably go in this, in the stretch. 14 yes. And three or th- 13 of four at the worst. It's going to be yeah. annoying. Philly fans are going to be the worst. Yeah, it's going to be a lot to fucking deal so with. I'm, now, I I will say this, though. I don't think you're going to get many games like you did against the uh, the Dolphins where you had no penalties and they had 10. They had like, referees helping them a lot, but still. Exactly. They don't. I don't think they're going to. They're built in a way and they're still playing good enough. They're not going to lose a ton. I still don't think they're. It's just, so the Agreed. Super Bowl favorites, of course, the NFC is not strong. So Agreed. But. I think they're going to win. I'm ready to finally say I think they're going to win. But and it, it hurts me to do so. But Ugh. I got to call it like it is. So after week, what, seven? I'm willing to admit that. That, Matt, that's too soon for me. Yeah. Let me, You're let them get out of this. Let them get out of the. A little bit more. Exactly. Let them get out of this little, this little hunk of their, of their schedule. That's really tough. And then let's see what okay, happens. So I'm the over for losses at four. Are you, are they going to go over four losses? It's only three more. Okay, that's only three more losses. There's ten and then games to go. There's ten games to go, and I wanted to take they a look. Stay four or under on losses. I'm willing to say that now. Okay, but you go through. Feel free to do what you let you me want to do let me real quick. Take a do look. The math, okay, check them out. Okay, so walk, they've walk got you guys next week. This. They've got you guys next week. After that's, that's the Cowboys. Clearly, one of the three losses. <laughs> of course. Of course. Then, then they got the Cowboys, and then they're by. Then they've got the Chiefs, the Bills, the 49ers, Seahawks. I think they get three losses, more than three losses there. So you think they're going to lose more than four games? You're taking I over do. that. All right. I'd go 12 and five. That's not bad either. But okay. That's not a bad season. That's, not I think that's a solid it's, season. So we're basically 
within one of four games. That's I bet you will that will be like I feel pretty ninety nine percent confident it will be within that like three, four or five. Agreed. But, Agreed. Like they've got a, a little stretch here that's gonna be difficult. Games. Like the yeah, Chiefs. If they can get through it, I think they'll be fine. Oh yeah. But I am I'm willing to put down four or three. But Okay. We will All see. right. Not that so, it's a huge bet. No, no worries. So one of the things I did want to ask you, Matt, is looking at quarterback play across the board. Like it's been high, it's been low, it's been mid. Like I think there's one team that no one can really figure out. And for me, that's going to be Pittsburgh. I can't tell. Is Kenny Pickett any good? I brought it up a couple weeks ago. I think I'm still correct. He's okay. I don't think he's great. I don't know if he's does terrible, he, but there's times where he's okay. There's times where he's like, what are you doing? I think he's But like, does he deter you from getting a quarterback in the draft? I don't think so. I think you should always be trying to improve the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. So if there's an opportunity to get somebody who you feel like could be better, you should do so. Teams need to be uh, stop being so committed to a guy. Like every other position, you're willing to bring in more competition. Yeah. QB is the one where everyone's like, oh, I don't know. We maybe have a guy, so we won't draft somebody for five years. No. Stop doing that. Be more aggressive in it. I mean, that's what the Titans did. They took uh, Patch- oh, sorry, Malik Willis in the third two years ago. Last year, they took Leave- uh, Will Levis in the second. Hell, Heck, Will Levis is about to start a game this week. so They might be drafting somebody really high in the first this year. <laughs> Who really knows? It's the most important position by far in the NFL. No, you've got a really good point. 20 years ago, I thought super differently, but now games changed a ton. You can't, until you hit that home run, keep swinging. Well, and you're not wrong. Like, I think if teams take the approach, like, I'm going to keep going until I find my guy. Yeah, your fan base is probably going to get annoyed at you because they keep buying the same, uh, different jerseys every season. But if it hits, once it hits, man, you're good. I think the important thing is don't be putting all your chips in one basket. Don't trade up five picks, six picks to draft from one guy. It's better mm-hmm. to take five chances than it is just like one. Cause it's so hard to find that one guy. It's better to shotgun it with multiple people yeah. than it is going all in on the one. I think that's okay. the big difference. That's the important thing. All right. Well then Steelers nation, you've been put on notice. Matt is saying that you guys need to keep a side eye out for a quarterback Possibly in the second or third. Second, third. Maybe if somebody fell deep into the first. I don't have yep. that idea either. There you go. There All right. Well, another Kenny Pickett situation, but still. I mean, <laughs> at least you're, been like terrible. you said, you're, you're fucking swinging. Yeah. You're taking your shot until you know for sure. I don't think he's proven to be like, well, we definitely need to keep with him. He kind of feels like Daniel Jones-ish, right? Where it's like, eh, like he played okay. Yeah. Do we really want to put $35, 40000000 million on this guy? Yo, that is the that. that is the perfect segue because I had a question. Like, Brian Dable, he's going to have a real question to make at quarterback. Daniel Jones, they're saying that he's still not ready. So Tyrod Taylor's probably going to start again. But I know that you watched the game. I also watched the game. That offense looks different with him running it. Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor is much better than Daniel Jones. Right? He accurately throws the deep ball, and he was really good at spreading the ball around. He hit so many different receivers. The fact that he was able to get Jalen Hyatt a deep ball, and Daniel Jones has been trying to do that 
since week two, week one. He always misses. Right? Like, not only that, but he also got Darren Waller involved. Darren Waller was supposed to be the game changer for this offense, but he's been a non-factor up until last week. Like, if it's me, yeah, we paid this guy, and that that's unfortunate, but it's obvious he is not running my system right. I I would not go back to him. What about you? I have to agree as much as I would love for them to go back to Daniel Jones. <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, maybe the athleticism isn't the same because Daniel Jones is actually pretty good at running was how they yeah. used him last season. Mm-hmm. Tyra Taylor clearly has a better command. That counts for a lot as a quarterback. It does. Being that game manager or the distributor who can find the open guy. There was exactly. people wide open a lot and he found where they were. Which is yes. hard. Like people discount how hard that is. You have people rushing you, and you have to do this in one to two seconds. One to two seconds while still trying to run, like still trying to Behind evade that terrible O line. Exactly. Did a pretty good job of like staying away from pressure and stuff, and didn't take a bunch of sacks. He got sacked some, but didn't get destroyed. They looked better than they have been, and some of that can be the quarterback knowing where the pressure is coming from and taking a step or two away from it. It's those so, little things that experience shows you. Tyrod Taylor has a ton of it. Exactly. And I think you nailed, you nailed it perfectly. They're both athletic. The difference is teams respect Tyrod Taylor's arm, his ability to play quarterback. Teams don't respect Daniel Jones as a quarterback. They respect him as an athlete. But as a quarterback, they're like, nah, like make him get a first down with his legs. Don't let him throw the ball. Like Tyrod, it's like, okay, we got to be on the lookout for both. Like I... I have to believe that Brian Dable is seriously considering keeping Tyrod. And if Tyrod wins again this week, just like every other time. You could. Yeah. Like it's going to be just like every other thing we've done so far to this point, Matt, the media is going to be behind us two weeks, two weeks behind. You can look at it time and time again. We have the receipts. Yes. They're constantly behind us. And this was the year that every other expert was like, Oh, Daniel Jones is going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. He's going to be lighting it up. And we're like, stay far away. Stay far away from him. Stay far away from the Giants. They, they had him as a to top right. 10 quarterback in the league. Yeah. We thought that was bullshit. And we are 100% correct. Exactly. Now, like, go ahead. Go I ahead. I was going to say, maybe give him more time in the system. Let him see how Tyrod Taylor does it and learn. But I still, I don't see him being anything more than a middling average quarterback who's athletic. Like, he is like Blake Bortles. That's what it is. He got his big payday. He's going to get released. And then he's going to just go be a backup somewhere. Probably at the Rams. That's like, this is a little bit off topic, but are we going to start seeing a different market for these middle, like not great quarterbacks who can kind of run a team, but they need a ton of help? I don't know. Because and the only reason I say that is just because quarterback is a hard position. And if you find a guy you think can actually do it and he's shown you in a season, they're going to pay for that. That's the problem. Like he needs to be like a 10 to $15 million quarterback where you yes. can that 20, $30 million difference is enough for several elite players to fit in under the cap. Yes. That makes a big difference. Maybe now, throw in like tons of incentives. So if he does good, he can make extra money. There you go. Instead of late contracts. That. Yeah. The only issue is no quarterback is going to go for that because there's always going to be a team's like, Oh, he could be the, the piece that we need. Some fucking dumbass teams. Like the, it never the fails. Like, never We don't fails. want to draft another guy early. Eh, I feel like you could have. So you mentioned something, and I just, I need to take the temperature here because 
you said that what if Dayball keeps Tyrod Taylor in and lets Mac, uh, lets Daniel Jones kind of see how he runs it and then brings Daniel Jones in? What if that happens and Daniel Jones still sucks? All of New York is burning down. Like, there's no way around him. This season. I meant he's oh. on this year. He's oh, okay. On the bench. Oh, shit. And okay, got it. Okay. Like, since we can't cut him or trade him because nobody's taking that contract. No. Maybe, like, if he shows in the next offseason, I would still be like, hey, we can draft a quarterback. Yeah, right? We can fit them in there. Like, if we hit on that quarterback and we have him, that's still lower than what other people are paying for their premier quarterback. Exactly. So, like, uh, I'm willing to do whatever. Okay. Well, then, why don't we, why don't we stick to that game? I, I have a question about the other team on the field. The other team on the field. Your, your Washington Commanders. We talked about it early. Jonathan Allen summed up frustrations, I assume, within that locker room. Are you firing Ron Rivera midseason at this point? My text said so. I feel like I'm, I said to you, so I'm ready to fire everybody. <laughs> like, I don't know if, if that's fire everybody and give EB a chance or just fire everybody. I don't know. This was a really bad performance. Nobody was playing well. Well, I think what has to happen, and that's the issue I have with the commanders right now. Like, Ron Rivera, he talks about, like, stability and leadership and blah, 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 but he doesn't take accountability. And when I say that, like, your defense has been fucking up. Jack DeRoyo has been there for four years, three years now. These guys should know the system. It's obvious that they don't. Del Rio has to go. He should have been fired two games ago. You're correct. He's it's obvious he puts them in bad positions. He's often out game planned and out coached. And he doesn't have them yeah, ready to go. There's too much talent on paper for this defense to be this bad all the time. It's yep. clearly coaching. And then what you said I think is right. Ron Rivera never really seems to take accountability for anything. Even when he puts his foot in his mouth, he's like, Oh well, I didn't mean it that way. Instead of taking accountability. Exactly. He or like constantly early in the season the side, blaming somebody else. That attitude rubs off on people. Yep. We've seen That's him right. far too often where they come out, they win a game and then they act like the next game is a, um, like a, you know, gimme game. They were looking ahead to next week already when they're playing the giants. Like, Oh, we have to make sure this isn't a trap game. You guys are not good enough. If your players are thinking the giants are a trap game, you guys have just lost control of the locker room. <laughs> like you need them all knowing they have to go in a dock fight every single week. They were exactly. not that good to be like we can roll anybody. But they didn't show up to Chicago. No. Nobody showed up there. No one showed up this week. They've been like every other week. They have to lose to get motivated. That's a real coaching problem to me too. So at this point, you've got talent on that offense. On that defense, you've got talent. The constant here is like you like we just talked about Ron Rivera, his inability to take responsibility like early in the season when there was reports about players not being able to talk to eb he was like oh that's a that's an eb issue go talk to eb like everything is a somebody else problem right it's time that management make the change give eric Bieniemy the reins see what he can do for the latter half of your season you're not out of it not by any means let him go see what happens playing the same way we are but you're right that could change and it's going to take big change like leadership change exactly you really can't change the players too much but we talked about this last season i said 
what could be Ron Rivera's big problem is that he's too slow to make adjustments, too slow to make changes. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't fire uh, Scott Turner until the end of the year when we all knew that was a huge problem. And then yeah. Jack Del Rio has been a big problem. Now things turned around kind of for the defense at the end of last year. But I, I, that bought him some time. Absolutely. But were they still even like getting the sacks, getting the turnovers that this team should be able to do? No, they were just kind of playing well enough and getting pretty lucky on third downs often. And then that's regressed. And now suddenly they look like shit. You're telling me that if you didn't have Dan Quinn as your defensive coordinator, that that would not be an all world defense. They're beginning like seven, eight sacks a game, right? Like it would be destroying people. Like, yes, that is out. That's, that's crazy. Seven, eight sacks a game, but I don't think it's outside. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's outside the normal possibility that we're talking two to three sacks a game. It'd be not from one player, but just rotationally like a bunch of sacks and maybe actually feeling like you take over a game. Yeah. You're winning games because of them. Like, I, I don't understand how you have that kind of talent and that's the product. Like teams aren't putting up huge points on you. You're just, they're doing enough to keep you in, but then they just, they break. Like, I I don't get it, Matt. I do not understand it's a it. a weird team. But I guess, like, it would be nice to see EB get more of a chance. I think he has a very complicated offense and it's, mm-hmm. he has a new quarterback who's also learning. But one stat that I hate is that the Washington receivers have some of the absolute lowest percentages in getting open. Like their rankings for like amount of open they are Mm -hmm. is like 80, 82, 87, 90 out of 107 people. They're amongst like the very lowest percentage, which I'm guessing is just learning where to actually go. Right. Like where to be open. Also probably doesn't help that you're getting like one second or two seconds sometimes to get open true but still like it's just not clicking a ton so i don't but hopefully that change happens because something has to change otherwise this season's done okay so looking ahead you said that this team needs to lose to be motivated to win the next week well we're in luck ladies and gentlemen because (laughs) this week they play the philadelphia eagles matt what is the outcome of that game they did almost beat them the last hey, they time did. they played. They played them tough. It's also a division game. And then I guess last time they had just lost to the Bills. And they're like, hey, we're going to play hard. And then we almost beat the Eagles. And that was enough for them to look past Chicago. Almost <laughs> losing. Almost winning was enough. Uh, I think it's going to be a, lo- a loss with what, with what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be as embarrassing as kind of this, this Giants game was, where they couldn't do yeah. anything on offense for the first half and never really felt like they were going to win. Yeah. But I don't. I think the Eagles win fairly easily, would be my guess. Okay. I'm looking at the upset here. Okay. I think, I think that the commanders always play the Eagles really tough. They do. Right? And like, I don't think this is, again, I... I have to believe there's no way that the Eagles are going to have another game where they have no penalties. None. Like is, I think is what John Hussey. Let's find out <laughs> if he's the left. Cause <laughs> who's the officiating crew. I, I just, I can't see a world where it happens. I can see a world where you guys squeak out a win, like 24 to 21 or hell 17 to 20 or something like that. I can see you guys squeaking out a win like that. 
I would so, love it if that comes true, and that is one of their L's. But I, I'm gonna be, oof. especially after last week with my picks, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a a loss, and maybe I will work things will work out well. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what, Matt? Listen, I'm gonna have enough faith in your team if you don't. I do not right now. There you Ooh. go. <laughs> um, what is the other game we've got here? Oh, I know what it is. The Buffalo Bills and Tampa Bay Bucks. Like the perennial, what team are we going to get this week game? Because Tampa's been that way too, man. Like we were kind of getting high on them. And then it's been kind of a spotty couple weeks ever since we're like, they're playing pretty good. Yeah. Oof. I don't so? know. I'm going to let you. I threw out the last one. I'm going to let you. What are you oh. thinking? Um, I'm going to have to go with the. Oh, shit. <laughs> You can start buh for both of them. And then <laughs> you were trying to fill it out and you couldn't figure out which way to go. I, I can't. I'm I'm gonna say the Bucks. Fuck it. I'm gonna say the Bucks. Like I I don't know if I trust what the Bills are putting on the field right now. And the Bucks have just I don't expect a whole lot out of them anyway. So let's go with that. It feels like one the Bucks could pull out a win, but Big Buffalo, they've lost two in a row now. Is that right? Uh, they lost the weeks where I would think. No, no, no. They lost to the Jags the week before, and then they lost this past week to whoever they were playing. Yeah, whoever. <laughs> yeah, whoever they were playing. The Patriots. We only talked about it for a while. Let's go. Cool. <laughs> that was then. This is now. They're playing the Bucks. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Buffalo. I can't. They can't lose this one if they want to stay in the hunt. Like this is one. If they want to be that championship team, like. Going to the Super Bowl, they got to get a win here. So All I right. think they pull it together for this week. And now if they don't do this, Matt, are you ready to get off the train completely? I am ready to get off the train if they lose this one. Okay. Like, I have my bags packed. I like one foot, <laughs> like I'm hovering off the side of the train ready to like do that tuck and roll. <laughs> if they lose this one, though, it's going to stop for me. I'll just hop right off. Yeah, you won't have to do any type of evacuation maneuver at all. Mm-mm. So you'll be fine. <laughs> and then uh, what's the last game we had here? You have Dallas Rams. Ooh. Ah, oh, fuck. Okay. This is another. Like, who, what Dallas is showing up after the, the bye? That's a, that's a real question, Matt. <laughs> that's a real, real question. question. And statistically, the Cowboys haven't been great coming out of a bye. So... I'm going to go against my gut here, and I'm going to say the Cowboys. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. I, I feel like Stafford is just going to try to force feed Puka Nuka or whatever his name is. I know Cooper Cup's back, but it just, mm, no. Nah. The way Deron Bland has been playing, I, I have more confidence in him than I do with Gilmore covering Puka Nuka. So. so it's a home game with a bye, coming off a bye. This should heavily favor Dallas. Oh, fuck. That means I mm. have to go the Rams. this is the sort of game dallas is like oh yeah they should win this one that's the sort of game they love to lose i know i I know matt i I have to go the rams that's it's close it really is a toss-up for me the rams always seem to play us pretty well they do but i'm gonna have to give the cowboys the edge I, i think the cowboys win i like our pass rush against their awful offensive line better cam Akers. i don't see him doing a whole lot against us if you could just Get Matt Ryan, I'm sorry, Matt Stafford off the spot. You should have success in this game. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys and I'm going to go 3 0 this week, bitches. <laughs> hey, if that happens, I'll be okay. 
That means there the you commanders go. pull the upset on the Eagles. That would be fun to talk about. That's right. And I'm going to predict it. We're going to be talking about Jalen Hurts and his leading the league in turnovers next week. Yes. it's He's going to turn the ball over yet again. And then it's going to be a, a conversation that the entire media is going to have about, do we need to worry about Jalen, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, guys, this is the same shit we, Matt and I have been We've saying been all season. It's the same guy. So whatever. It's funny how like last season, you have to really be looking at like turnover worthy plays, not turnovers. Yes. Because turnover worthy plays are whether or not the defense actually caught the damn ball because they don't always like to do so. And it's sometimes true. we saw those turnover worthy plays and they dropped them. And if they just catch them now, that doesn't mean you're a different quarterback. It means you're you. the same guy you always were. It's just things aren't breaking. The ball your isn't way bouncing right your way. And that can go that, that can vary widely from season to season. Wow, uh, we're looking at you, Vikings. <laughs> okay. They've started eleven and one last year. So because things kind of broke their way. There's yeah. All right. Well, I am gonna be keep bringing that same shit regardless of what happens okay. with my Washington team. This is what keeps me going, this podcast. <laughs> so inject it right into my veins. Because Washington is not out, but Hey, man, I'm right there with you, buddy. This here is my therapy, and I appreciate you guys listening. So, again, if you love the podcast, make sure you tell all your friends about it. Recommend us to everyone you know. That's right. Holidays are coming around. What better way to say I love you than by stealing their phone and subscribing them to our podcast? Boom. That's the ultimate display of affection. Do it. Do it now. Do it. (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Until next week. (laughs) Later, guys. Bye.